0: If you have your scripture, I would like to invite you to look in the book of um, Isaiah, chapter 62. And then you can mark in your other finger in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 7. And let us have a moment of prayer. Dear God, we thank you for your love and your care for each one of us. We come now before you, O oh God, and, and with expectation of, of you speaking to us. Hide me, O oh Lord, behind the shadow of the cross so that in spite of my personality, O oh God, may, may your word be heard and, and your spirit implanted in my sister's and brother's heart so that as we came in this morning, we wouldn't leave, so that when we leave, we are different because we have been with you, because we have heard you, and because we have fellowship with one another. We ask these things through Christ our Lord. Amen and amen. Very good. I printed the scriptures, I printed the whole thing, and here they are. They were under your certificate. The Word of God, Isaiah, chapter 62. This is a very interesting verse and if you were in Sunday School with me this morning and we were confronted with an amazing question, I held back class, I held back because this was coming and I wonder if this verse can speak to us as we are pondering on how to approach this community, how to impact this one specific community with our resources, and the love of God. But let's read what it says, Isaiah 62, verses 10 through 12. And actually, I didn't think of it until the class was going on, of the link between these two. Go out through the gates. Prepare the highway for my people to return. Smooth out the road. Pull out the boulders. Raise a flag for all the nations to see. The Lord has sent this message to every land. Tell the people of Israel, look, your Savior is coming. See, he brings his reward with him as he comes. They will be called the holy people, the people redeemed by the Lord. And Jerusalem will be known as a desirable place. And the city no longer forsaken. Word of the Lord. The Gospel of Luke, Jesus is, uh, like I like to say, wrecking havoc around Palestine. You know, he's, he's turning things upside down. He's healing the sick. He's preaching to the poor. He's playing with children. And while he's doing all of that, he encounters a family. Soon afterward, Jesus went with his disciples to the village of Nain. And a large crowd followed him. A funeral procession was coming out of the, as he approached the village gate, the young man who had died was a widow's only son. And a large crowd from the village was with her. When the Lord saw her, his heart overflowed with compassion. Don't cry, he said. Then he walked over to the coffin and touched it, and the bearer stopped. Young man, he said, I tell you, get up. Then the dead boy sat up and began to talk. And Jesus gave him back to his mother. Great fear swept the crowd, and they praised God, saying, A mighty prophet has risen among us, and God has visited his people today. And the news about Jesus spread throughout Judea and the surrounding communities. This is the word of the Lord. <laughs> it is exciting to be starting a brand new month. And, and, and in this month, I want to be in our anniversary month for those of you who are visiting. Uh, this is our first march together. Actually, not yet because we were put together, kind of glued together and, and pushed together uh, March 24th. But this is our anniversary month of March, and we're very excited that the Lord has carried us through, and there are survivors. There's a lot of survivors, and we praise God for that. But I want to share with you during this anniversary month, and and as we go through our five worship services that we have in March, because it's one of those months with five worship services, uh, I want to share with you about the mission of God. What is God's intention? And we're going to begin with the larger picture and go into the narrower picture throughout the month. And as we go through the month, you will also be experiencing some changes in our worship. For example, today being the first month, uh, the first Sunday of the month, we practice here at Latter Hope what's called a traditional Presbyterian worship. In the second and third Sundays of the month, we will be enjoying what's called a blended. Worship style, which is bringing from the contemporary and blending it with the traditional, and having, which is the way we do them typically. And then the fifth Sunday, which happens four times a year, we will have an experience of what's called a contemporary or multi sensory worship experience, four times a year, okay? So that we can experience those together. But today I want to talk about particularly God's mission, our purpose. And I want to say that God is engaged. Now, uh, uh, unfortunately, my, none of my kids are engaged. Just thought that they may hear this. <laughs> but my daughter, oh boy, Lily, hear this. My daughter, one time, long time ago, when she wasn't even 20, decided to get engaged. <sighs> that says it all right. Daddy wasn't happy, but it was so beautiful. And 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 what are you gonna do? Fight it and then her elope? So we swallow thick. We said okay, and about four months later, the dude broke up with her via text. <laughs> I tell you, when I walked into the house, there was a crisis and all these tears, and I just walk through, and I find, oh my God, who died? And, 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 <laughs> and it was one of those moments, doctor, that you have to just, <gasps> I'm so sorry, <laughs> and get lost, because I was very happy. Well, the young man was nice enough to leave behind the nice engagement ring. 3K... It was his first time, so it was his, uh, he was going all the way. Well, uh, to tell you the rest of the story in a shirt, Loyda has that one. <laughs> but isn't it beautiful, those moments of engagements? Actually, I, I, in, in some of the games that we go in, in sports field, we, we, we see the, the, the giant TV. And usually in one of the breaks, you know, when the sports are taking their break and the teams are taking their break, there is something like that. I say, Melissa, will you be my blue shirt bride? Love, Nick. And he, boom, he bangs it right there in front of all these thousands of people in the stadium. We've seen that. When, when we go to, to beautiful romantic parks, we see the young man kneeling down full. I mean, the young man kneeling down <laughs> and offering his love to her. And the thing is, they're full. I mean, I don't say those things. What, am I saying that aloud or is that just thinking? <laughs> It's a wonderful experience to be engaged. I remember when I got engaged with Lori. Actually, it was such a production, because I do things very quiet now. It was such a production, it was at a Hyatt Regency Ballroom. They were celebrating love in our church over there and friendship. So we, had, we went ahead and got engaged in front of all of this audience. And then they had a singer guy come and sing in front of us. I got pictures of that. Just wouldn't bring them. <laughs> but it was a beautiful experience. But all that just to tell you. That God is very much engaged. And you see, and when we get engaged, the guys, man, that's when we really walk the straight line. Right? You no, know, guys, that's when we want to do everything possible to make sure that it's going to happen on that day that we decide. So we're going to behave our best. We're going to love our best. We're going to romance our best. And then when we get married, what do the wives say? They changed girls, don't you know that we were hunting? (laughs) But you know, when God's engaged to us, God's engaged fully. God's engaged to us, and he's going to make sure that his love to you and to me and to his church is there. And when we get up there to the marriage of the Lamb, we're just, are we going to complain? He forgot about us. Actually, it's the other way around. We tend to forget. But you see, God is so engaged in our lives that He's engaged with our friends. He's engaged by providing wisdom. He's engaged in our finances. He's engaged with our careers. He's engaged with our family. He's engaged with our health. He's engaged even when you don't want Him to be engaged. Have you had that experience? When you just don't want to hear it, and you put that loud TV, and then you put your other music on, and the song that comes on is God speaking through it. Oh boy. Well, he is that engaged to us. And I wonder, being good, good reformers, if God the Father is engaged? Well, God the Father has been engaged in our lives, way before the beginning. And not only that he was engaged to the life of Israel, he was engaged to the life of Jesus. And he was engaged even in our lives as God has sent the Spirit. Now, my question is, is the son engaged with you and I? In the story we read, Jesus was so engaged that that his heart broke. Because he saw that one mother, that widow who had one son, and, and when we hear today a widow who has an only son, it doesn't have the weight that he had back then. Because what that meant was that that woman was now up for sale or grabs. Yep. By her losing the only male relative, she was now up for sales or grabs. So that was a heavy statement that Jesus said. And yet, he was moving to compassion, knowing the future that woman was going to face, knowing the calamities she was going to experience, knowing the loneliness and the rejection that she was going to experience in her society that did not like single women. Ha, we love them here. And especially if they have children. We in the Reformed tradition believe that no child is born without the will of God. So we welcome all those single parents. No matter what or how. And God is engaged in that woman's life through Jesus. And Jesus went and touched the, 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 the coffin, I guess, to the idea, to motion to the pole. stops. stopped. He touched it. And then he did it. He spoke to a dead person. And the dead person heard. <laughs> Come on, this is not Hollywood. And the dead person heard his voice and got up. That's what happened. I mean, do we believe the story story, or do we believe the reality that God has saved that story and that book and that witness for all these centuries so that you and I don't have to believe in God, but believe how engaged God is in our lives through Jesus Christ. Now, let me ask you, is the Spirit of God engaged in our lives? How many of you have, have shared with me how that passive or quiet voice in your heart, in your soul, speaks to you. How through the Spirit of God we see God's consensus, God's working in our lives here at Hope. Through decision-making, discernment and prayer, we are seeing how God is leading us how to become a multi-ethnic church from three old white churches. Praise God. That's the Spirit of God working in our hearts and our lives. So God is definitely engaged. Now, uh, we know that, and and I have heard this message before, right? I was concerned because Charlie is always telling me, you know, pastors usually have one sermon. And I've mentioned this in one way or the other before. But you know, Jesus had one too, Charlie. (laughs) Repent and be saved. (laughs) He just said it in many different ways through three years. So yeah, God's engaged. But the real question is, how about you? How about you? How are you engaged with God? You see, because if we have problems with relationships, if we have problems with finances, if we have problems with life, because we're thrown in life and then life sucks, if we have those issues in life, how are we engaged with God? How are you engaging God? From far distance blaming God for all your problems? Or from, hey, come on, buddy, let's try to figure this out? That's the question. And the only way to answer that question is really the more engaged you are with God, the more in tune you are with God the more time you spend with God the more time commitment you spend with God guess what happens God begins listen to this to rub off in you Uh uh-huh the more you hang out with the Spirit of God the more you hang out with Jesus in the Gospels you begin to think like Jesus you begin to feel like Jesus you begin to see like Jesus and you begin to speak to others like Jesus and you may not know it but Jesus tends to rub off in us if we just hang out with Jesus that happens so we show our engagement we show how close we are to God because how others see God in us. The whole purpose of the gospel is not to give us fire insurance and save us from hell. No. Oh, that's, yeah, that's a product. But the whole purpose is so that we can rediscover our lives and live it in according to God's purposes, and that's the only way we're going to be happy. It's like a toy maker. A toy maker makes a toy and prepares it to function in such a way, and the toy is happy as long as it's functioning as it is intended to made. So that's the question for you. Where are you getting your water from to satisfy your soul? Where are you getting your bread from to satisfy your mind? Where are you getting your fellowship from? Where are you getting your information from? What are you feeding into your life? May I invite you this morning, we are going to celebrate communion in a few moments, and I want to invite you, you don't have to be a member of this church to take communion and fellowship with us in that special moment. We invite all of you. You don't have to be a Presbyterian. All you have to be is claim Jesus to be your Lord and Savior, and you're welcome to have communion with us today. But I ask you, as you share communion with us today, think on these questions. God's engaged. How are you engaged with God? Together, let us sing the hymn, Fill My Cup, Lord. And as we sing it, I'm asking you to pray in your hearts. And as we read these words, I'm asking you to ponder on these words. So that they become real in your heart. And not just words coming out of your mouth be engaged with God because God is engaged with you let us sing